0: This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for
1: accessradiotaranaki.com.
0: I'm Pastor Dan Yezel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, Grab a cuppa and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello, and thank you for tuning into Grace Notes. Today we'll be considering the final chapter of John, a moment when the disciples encounter the risen Jesus one last time. And after a moment, just a moment of uncertainty, there is no confusion over who he is. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Tú has venido a la orilla no has buscado Sabios ni a ricos, tan solo quieres que yo te siga. Señor, me has mirado a los ojos, sonriendo. Has dicho mi no.
3: called out my name on the sand asti mi no called out my name on the sand i've abandoned my small boat now with you i will seek other
2: seas
0: first reading is from the book of Psalms. I'll be reading Psalm 30. Let's listen. You and I. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. My Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul, up from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who had gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried. And to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You've taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Here ends our first reading. Testament lesson comes from John's Gospel. I'll be reading from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. This is a bit of a longer passage. It tells an important story. Listen for the action. Listen for this moment. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, We'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast it, And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter had heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. For they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. Now, this was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time. He said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes. Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt. Because Jesus said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, Follow me. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Would you join with me in prayer? Dear God, you call us to follow. These words from John have traveled through time. May they surprise us. May they fill us. May we have eyes to see and ears to hear and imagination to believe and to live into what you'd have us claim this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in the musical, I guess the film, the story in the... of. Of the Fiddler on the Roof, there's this powerful, moving moment when Tevia and his wife, Goldie, uh, they sing and ask one another. Tevia turns and asks, do you love me? And she replies, do I what? He asks again, do you love me? Do I love you? You're upset. You're worn down. Go lie down. Maybe it's indigestion. Tevye persists. Do you love me? This time, his question is meant. You're such a fool. For 25 years, I've washed your clothes. I've raised your children. Why talk about love now? When someone asks, do you love me? there's often something behind it. There's some circumstance, some break or betrayal that's prompted the question, do you love me? It's not a question that we ask when things are fine. It's not a question when love is evident and sure. It's a question that can be stirred by the pain of unfaithfulness or the finality of a falling out. It's a question that seeks to discover, is there anything left in the relationship that's gone through a great upheaval and change? When relationships are strained, there are all kinds of feelings, questions that could be asked. And this is the case between Peter and Jesus. Notice that the question from Jesus isn't. How could you have denied me? Or, Peter, what in the world were you thinking? What do you have to say for yourself? Those are questions that look backwards. They're questions that seek to understand, that are looking for an explanation, maybe an apology. They're questions that express anger and disbelief, and they can be legitimate questions. But the question Do you love me? That looks forward. It's a question about the future. Do you love me? It's a question that makes the person who asked it, or who is asked, to think about the relationship again. In spite of everything that's gone before, all of the hurt, if we are going to go forward, you need to think about our ties to one another and answer this question, Do you love me? Jesus knows Peter's heart, but he asks this question out loud so that Peter will know Peter's heart, because Peter needs to discover that his love for Christ is greater than his failure of Christ. And so Peter asks him, Do you love me? When we read this question in John 21, it helps to have a sense of the emotional elements behind the words. And perhaps each of us can recall asking the question, or maybe being asked, Do you love me? And we know the vulnerability of the moment. The place between Jesus and Peter, from the night of his betrayal, that was a very fragile place. One that caused both of them untold grief, that Peter's denial was no small thing. That was evident in Jesus' words at the Last Supper when he said, one of you will betray me. And his voice was filled with sorrow and grief. And to Peter then, the idea, that was unthinkable. How could anyone betray you, Jesus? Had they followed him all of those years, risked their lives only to forsake him? Peter says, no way, no Lord. I'll never leave you, even if all the others desert you. I won't fall away. And yet, that night, Jesus knows differently. Peter, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And then Jesus takes bread, a symbol of his life. He gives it to Peter and the others. Jesus gives himself for those who would betray him so soon. Just as Jesus said, Peter denies him three times, and the relationship is fractured. Jesus is executed. And then rumors begin, begin to spread that Jesus has risen, but Peter may not be ready to believe. He'd seen the empty tomb, but not understood. He went back to something that he did understand, something that he knew. Peter announces that he's going fishing. Peter's still a leader. The others decide to go with them. They go out at night, the best time to go fishing on the Sea of Galilee, but they catch nothing. The empty nets are perhaps for Peter just a picture of what life feels like these days. Perhaps we've had days like that when all of our efforts, all of our tending to what we think we do best, just He'll come up with a big, empty net. Peter may well be feeling far from God. He's denied Jesus. He might be failing outside of God's love. How could God still love him after what he had done and what he had failed to do? Peter may well be feeling that he was over God's grace quotient that he had received more than he was entitled to and that somehow now he was outside the faithful community. So perhaps Peter walked off and went fishing. But when Jesus comes and stands by the shores of that barren lake and calls out in that knowing voice, hey y'all, you haven't caught any fish, have you? I think you can hear maybe a smile in his voice from a long way off. Because Jesus isn't there to judge. He wasn't there to scold or to punish. He is there to restore. He's come to the undeserving, and what he's done is lit a fire. He's fixing a meal, and he invites them to draw near and partake. That's the good news, that the undeserving are met by the all-forgiving. After breakfast... Jesus pulls Peter aside and this will be the first time that they're alone since that night in the high priest's garden and they walk off down the shore a little bit. Jesus puts his arm around Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I do. They walk a little further. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, I do. And they walk even further and they stop and turn and look and each other's eyes and this third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's eyes fill with tears because he knows the question is asked three times because it was three times that he had denied Jesus. And he says, yes, Lord, yes, I do. In Fiddler on the Roof, that exchange I began with, that back and forth continued for quite some time. And it ends once more with, do you love me? And the answer comes, yes, I do. Yes, I love you. And together they decide, well, it doesn't change a thing, but it's nice to know. Jesus is asking, do you love me? And it does change a thing. It changes everything for Peter. Peter experiences the love and the salvation, the wholeness that's found in God's grace. But we need to understand that there is more than forgiveness that's going on here. Where I come from in the state of Minnesota, there's a writer, a folk teller, a guy named Garrison Keeler, And he writes a fictional town called Lake Wobegon. And there is a fellow Larry there. And Larry was saved 21 times at the Lutheran Church. It was an all-time record. For a church that never gave altar calls there was never an organ that was playing just as i am lord without one plea in the background but regardless of that in a span of just four years this fellow larry Sorensen came forward 21 times weeping buckets and all crumpled up at the communion rail to the shock of the minister who had delivered a dry sermon about stewardship And again, it was time for him. He had to put his arm around Larry and pray with them and be certain that he had a way to get home. And the pastor writes, even we fundamentalists got tired of him. God doesn't mean for you to feel guilty all of your life. There comes a time when you need to dry your tears and join the building committee or grapple with church finances or, or get to work in a food pantry. But Larry... All he could do was keep repenting and repenting, and for him, nothing ever changed. He just was sorry. For some, that might be a very tempting cycle to just keep saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm focused in, in, on how we've let God down somehow and see how Jesus links love and then action for Peter. Do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. He has something to do now. And he knows this is what he loves. uh, Jesus let Peter find his own love, and he lets him discover that love and grace, not works or performance, are what count. And they hug, and Peter is back in the family. And as we go forward, as all of us find our communities of faith, the question before us is not, you know, are we worthy? The question isn't, are we free of doubts? The question isn't even, do we promise never to do that thing again? The question Jesus would ask each of us, do you love me? If yes, then ours is the challenge of responding to that call to go out and feed God's sheep, God's beloved. May it be so for you and for me. Now and forever, amen. So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10am at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Liardet and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you.
2: This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM Thanks to New Zealand On Air.